Let's pray. Father, Father, there's a lot of things we don't know about that day. Father, we don't know in our hearts what Mary knew or didn't know. But Father, we know. Father, we know that um, that you've come. Father, we know that um, Jesus Christ did indeed walk on water, that he healed the blind, that he made the lame to walk again. Father, that's um, the Jesus Christ you sent to save us. So, Father, I just pray today as we open your word again that, that, that Father, even um, for those that believe, Father, you'll remind us of what Christmas means. That, that Father, you'll remind us that um, we live in a world that um, Father doesn't understand. Father, um, all too often um, they have more questions than answers. And Father, sometimes um, they don't even realize they're not asking the right questions. So Father, just um, help us in the midst of this um, Christmas season, Father, to, to raise the bar. To look for opportunities to tell people that Christ is Christmas. And without Christ, Christmas means nothing. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Get you out your Bibles this morning. Turn them to Luke. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 down at verse 25. Luke chapter 2 verse 25. It's... Um, It is good to be here, and um, I, I didn't specifically mention it earlier, but um, Brother Johnny is not with us today. Um, he um, texted in this morning and said he's running fever. Miss Tammy um, did go to the doctor um, early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, and she's had the flu all week, so um, I guess she decided to be gracious and in the season of giving decided to share. And So y'all remember Brother Johnny and... Luke um, chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, beginning in um, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what he said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Powerful words. 
Simeon waited a long time for Christmas to come. Simeon waited for the opportunity to see Christ. But what did Simeon see when he saw Christ? You know, I wonder sometimes in our lives, um, if we had seen the child, the baby Christ, what would we have seen? What would we have seen in that? I mean, Christmas has a lot to do with waiting, and waiting seems to be hard for most of us to do. And it's true that on some rare occasions, um, there are people that are happy to wait, but that doesn't apply to most of us. I, I think about the one occasion that um, the, the, the condemned man um, was waiting to be executed, and um, the, the warden came and asked him what he wanted for his final meal. And um, he said, well, he said, what I'd really like is a big, juicy watermelon. And the warden said, come on. He said, you know it's the dead of winter. And he says, well, that's okay. I'll wait till next year. <laughs> you know, there are times in life when we're willing to wait, but they're few and far between. We want it, and we want it now. I mean, we, that's the world in which we live. That's the generation um, that, 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 that's been brought up. And, and so it is about um, instant gratification. But Christmas is not about instant gratification. Christmas is really about delayed gratification. If you think about it throughout history and you think about Christmas from the big picture, I mean, the nation of Israel had to wait thousands of years to see the coming of the Messiah to come and deliver them. Even when you get closer to the Christmas story, Zechariah, the, the, the father of John the Baptist, um, because he failed to believe the words of God, had to wait nine months before he could speak. And Mary and Joseph had to wait that long after um, the angel came and told them um, what was about to come. And, you know, and, and the wise men, we think about the wise men, but you realize the wise men, um, according to history, waited 18 to 24 months from when they knew before they ever got to see the king. Christmas is a lot to do about waiting. I, I think Christmas in many respects is a good example of that. Um, um, the, the Christian writer and theologian, um, Bondrick, um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, while he was imprisoned, um, he was imprisoned by, by Hitler during World War II. And it, one of the lessons he said he learned um, while he was in prison, he, he wrote a letter to his, um, at that time, fiance, and he wrote these words. He said, a prison cell in which one waits, hopes, and does various unessential things is completely dependent on the fact that the door of freedom has to be opened from the outside. That's not such a bad picture of Advent. He's right. I mean, the reality is we wait on Christmas, but the reality is Christmas had to happen from the outside, folks. I mean, it's not that we, we sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm not ready for Christmas or I, I, I want Christmas. And, and it's like they can make something happen. The reality is, folks, all we can do is wait on Christmas. You know, God is in charge of Christmas, and God has always been in charge of Christmas. And so, you, you know, when, when you think about the text that I read this morning, and, and Simeon had been waiting and looking for the coming of Christ for a long time, and to kind of get a sense of what he was waiting for, you, you need to think a little bit more about the term Christ, because we think about Jesus Christ, and we think about it sometimes in not context completely, but if you translate it in the Old Testament, which where Simeon would have come from, Christ was more than just a name, even though clearly it is a name at times. It's really much more about um, what, 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 what the name means and what's going to happen because of that. And, and it's a title expressing um, that which Jesus came to do. That's, that's the Messiah, Christ, and, and it was what Jesus was coming to do. 
It's not just that Jesus was coming. <laughs> I mean, but Jesus was coming to do something. Jesus was coming to fulfill God's plan. And you go back to the Old Testament and 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 it, you think about King Saul and King Saul and David, and David was anointed by God. David was anointed by God to lead the, the, the nation and, and the Lord's anointing came. And, and if you remember, he was anointed with all representing the Holy Spirit. And Jesus came as the Lord's anointed. I mean, we, we, we don't think about Christ sometimes. that He is the Lord's anointed, that, that God sent Jesus Christ, that he sent him for a purpose and a plan, and he's the Lord's anointed. And, and, and Scripture confirms that he's the Lord's anointed because the Father gave him the Spirit without a limit. He gave him the spirit without limit, and Christ had been sent, set, and, and, and sent by God, and he had sent a, set apart by God before he was ever conceived to accomplish a mission. Before the, the foundations of the world was established, Christ was established, and, and there was a plan, and God had a plan, and Jesus Christ was going to come, and he had a mission to accomplish from before we even understand any of it. And, and Jesus Christ, when he came, was duty-bound to offer himself as the payment for sin. I mean, Scripture tells us that. When you read Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 24th verse, after Jesus has lived his life and he's talking to his disciples and he's trying to tell them about what is about to come and the reason that he has come, he says this, he says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third, he must be killed and on the third day rise from the dead. He says, that's not an option. He says, that is what I have come for. So even when you think about Christmas, you have to realize that Christ came with a purpose and God, Christ came as part of God's plan from the very beginning. And, and this was the one that Simeon would patiently waiting on. See, Simeon understood who Christ was. He understood that he
thing he says is that to see Christ is to see God's promise fulfilled to mankind. Not just to the person, Simeon, but to all of mankind. Because immediately after the fall, God promised to destroy the work of the devil through the seed of woman. That, that, that's God's promise. And again, God is the promise keeper. And so the salvation that was promised so long ago, when, when he see, it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That promise is fulfilled. And so we're told that by, by Simeon. He, you know, he, says, he says, and it's been done in, fuel, f- f- in full view of all the people. He said, we didn't do this in secret. We didn't do it in the closet. We didn't do it in a vacuum. He says, God has done it in such a way that the whole world can now see that God has fulfilled his promise. He says, nobody has any excuse for not knowing that Jesus Christ has come because God did it in a way so that everybody could see it. And he said it was in plain sight for those that were willing to see that the Christ has come. He says, to see Christ is to see the fulfillment of God's promise to redeem mankind. You know, a, a promise by definition is, is, is something that, that, that is, is, is specified that, that will happen or specified that something will not happen. And I'm just telling you, a lot of times people make promises and it's just empty words. You, you know, I, I'm reminded of the time that the babysitter was keeping the kids and the parents got home and they were grateful when they got home. Both of the kids were in bed and they were all excited and and as, you know, they paid the babysitter, and she was getting ready to walk out the door. She said, oh, by the way, she says, I, I-, I promised little Johnny if he would stay in bed and-, and stay asleep that you'd buy him a pony tomorrow and walked out the door. Yeah, well, I- I'm afraid somebody was going to be disappointed the next day. Y- you know, but-, but that's not our God. We-, we-, we must remember when we think about Christmas that when God makes a promise, God keeps a promise. That's part of the Christmas story is that when God makes a promise, God keeps his promise. I mean, that was true when God promised Abraham that through him all the peoples of the world would be blessed. And it was true when God promised that David, that one of his descendants would sit on the throne forever. And it was true when God promised through Isaiah that that Israel would be given deliverance and that deliverance is a right. God is a God that when God promises something, God's promise always comes true. And that's part of what he saw when he saw the Christ at Christmas, that God is a God that keeps his promise. The second thing that Simeon saw at that moment was to see Christ is to see God's salvation offered, to see it presented, to, to see it physically happen. I mean, Luke informs us that, that, that the Simeon was, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. It literally means the comfort of Israel, the one that would bring Israel freedom, the one that would, would, would meet Israel's hurt and pain and meet it in a special way. And so that's who he's waiting on. And he says, and you know that he, had to, that he had to in his heart know that's what he had just saw because, I mean, it gives him such peace and such joy that at that moment he says, you can now dismiss your servant. He says, I am that sure of what I've seen that he says, I have seen the presence of God. I have seen salvation has been presented. He says, you can dismiss me because he said, it's okay. You know, the message that salvation has come in Jesus Christ, Simeon was so quick (laughs) to recognize that the baby boy that was presented to the temple was no ordinary child. 
There was no ordinary child. He was the Christ that had come. He says, a revelation to the Gentiles. He says, he says he, he's coming literally. He said he will light the world. And he says he'll bring salvation to some and cause others to stumble. And, and, you know, in God's perfect timing when he came 2,000 years ago, it's exactly what the people needed at that moment. They were in distress. They were in despair. They, they were hopeless. And he says, in spite of the consequences of your sin, salvation has come. Salvation has come. There's hope. Jesus has come to rescue us all, Jew and Gentile alike. The Christ has come. You know, when you raise kids, there comes that moment in life that, that you hear one of the kids hollering, you know, mom, dad, and you, you make your way down the hall and before you ever even open the door to the bathroom, you know that you got a sick kid, and you, you know, and, 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 and it's one of those moments that you, you just immediately sense that everything they ate in the last day is now in the, the bathroom, and you, you know, and and you really, really want to just kind of turn around and sneak that and go back down the hall, if, if you know, and hope that Miss Dolly heard and that you know, if I, I sneak back down, that, that she'll get there before I'll get there, but you don't, you don't, you open the door. You open the door and you go in and you begin to offer comfort and distress. You begin to clean up the mess. It's not because it's fun. It's not because it's not. You do it because it's the right thing to do. It's to do it because it's the fatherly thing to do. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, um, Christmas means that our father in the midst of our distress came and did the right thing. Not the easy thing, but he came because it's the fatherly thing to do, and he came because he loved us. He literally came to save the day, to see Christ at Christmas is to see God coming to save the day. The third thing I think that Simeon saw in that moment and I know he saw it because he says it to Mary in, 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 in so many words. He says, to see Christ is to see God's offer rejected. He says, it's to see God's, you know, Simeon transitions from a prayer of, uh, of praise and thanksgiving to, to a prophetic message to, to Mary. And doing so, he acknowledges the fact that while the mighty work of salvation has come, that, that while Christ has come, he acknowledged while, while some that is going to be exalted by that and some are going to be saved by that, he said some are going to reject it. He, he, he said it's going to cause grief and pain. He says, you know, he says the, the ultimate sacrifice, though effective in canceling um, the, the debt of sin, he said it's going to be a stumbling block for some. He, he says the same child that's coming to save the world, he says some are going to reject this child and some are going to, you know, and, and let me just tell you, folks, that conflict still exists today. That didn't happen 2,000 years ago one time, and it's never happened again. It's happened for the last 2,000 years. Man still rejects the offer that God made at Christmas. God, failing to accept that Christmas is the beginning of God's solution for man's problem of sin leads to a dark path. And Simeon saw that. Simeon saw that even at that moment. So don't think, don't think for a minute that, that we're so smart that we couldn't miss that. 
Let me close with a story that surely isn't a Christmas story. But to me, it fits the bill. Lyndon Johnson was president of the United States. It's been a long time ago. <laughs> I was thinking about becoming a teenager. <laughs> you know, I... You know, the year was 1966, and Oklahoma State University quarterback was President Lyndon Johnson's nephew, a guy by the name of Ronnie Johnson, a mediocre quarterback on a mediocre team. The team...
we've gotten too smart for our own good. 